Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. I'm your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, and I am here in Studio B, and I'm with Pastor Nick Plummer. Great, hey, Pastor great Nick. to be here. It is great to be here. You know, great to be here. You know what else is great? Being a Christian with Torah. That is awesome. I really, really enjoy outstanding. the fullness that God has given me. I like it. By having his son and having the whole counsel of his word. Amen. I mean, I think that's just like, we can sometimes just sit and reflect at how good God is and how good he's been to us because it is his grace that gives us revelation. That's Amen. good. It's by his grace. And so um, last night was really cool. Uh, here at the Beit Tehillah congregation, every Monday night we have our Bible study evening. And last night we were doing this tour portion that we're about to discuss with you, Bamidbar. But last night was different because during COVID we went from away from the small groups and we went back to kind of social distanced. That's right. You know, spread out, facing the front, you and Mike at the table. Um, right. And while that's awesome, right, last night it was cool to be back in small groups. You know, it is. To, um, we actually had the young people. And so if, uh, if you guys are interested in coming to do some Bible study with some other folks, getting some, you know, little midrash conversations and stuff going, <laughs> I encourage you guys to come on Monday nights. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, also, today is Pastor Nick's birthday. It is. <laughs> 54 years old. We are recording May 11th, this. 1967. That's right. I was born during the counting of the Omer. You were born right around the time the Six-Day War happened. Yeah, and they, yeah uh, May 11th. I was a little, just a little tyke. You were. You were. Just a little bloke. Just a wee, wee lad. A, little, a wee little lad. <laughs> and then, of course, June, they... Uh, they took back Jerusalem. Amen. Isn't that great? I was born. They said, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. So they took back Jerusalem so that October, uh, I believe, 19th, 1997, I could give my love to Danielle. And That's right. In Jerusalem. In Jerusalem during Tabernacles. Yeah. If they hadn't recaptured it in 1967, I might have had to do it in Miami. Or yeah. You know, also during the recording of this podcast, um, we've been having a lot of news reports of missiles being fired into Israel. And so we just pray That's right. God's peace over Jerusalem Safety. and over the land of Israel, over Protection. the Jewish people, that uh, that he would cover them with his mighty Protection. right hand. Amen. And that uh, no harm would come to them. Amen. So... It's good, man. Let's it do is it. good. All right. So let's jump into the Torah portion. The Torah portion this week is Bamidbar, which means in the wilderness. Um, it is found in the book of Bamidbar, a.k.a. the book of Numbers, starting in chapter 1 and verse 1 and ending in chapter 4 and verse 20. You know, uh, just a little uh, sheet I want to read from old, the Old Testament. It's Jensen's uh, survey of the Old Testament in the book of Numbers, Jensen's. Old Testament survey book of the book of Numbers. It's journey to God's rest land. Uh, three key words found in the book of Numbers is service, war, and wilderness. Mm. Service, war, and wilderness. Uh, this particular book, of course, we know that Leviticus is two parts. This one's three. Uh, chapters one through nine is at Sinai, preparation for the journey. This takes place within a few weeks. Then we go into chapter 10, verse 11, all the way through chapter 21 and verse 4. This is to Moab. This is the journey 
about 39 years. Mm, okay. And last but not least, it's at Moab, at the Gate to the Land. This takes place within a few months. It's chapter uh, 22, verse 2, all the way through chapter 36. So very, very much so relevant for today, at the Gate to the Land, uh, chapters 22, verse 2 through chapter 36. So once again, three keywords: service, war, and wilderness. Three parts. Here we go. We're going to learn a lot, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. This is a great... So let's uh, look at the census of Israel at Sinai. What day, month, and year begins the book of Numbers? This is the first day of the second month in the second year. So they've now been at Sinai a whole year. That's right. And just like it talks about in the Torah, that you are to be one year with your spouse, with your wife. Right. And uh, and don't work. That's true, because they were betrothed to the Lord at Mount Sinai in Exodus chapter uh, 20. Right. Right, 19 and 20. Yeah. And then uh, fast forward now, right. we've been there a whole year. So, so come out yeah. of Egypt, so marriage is important. get betrothed, you know, get to know her, boom, a year spend later. time with her, then go to work. Yeah. Uh, what age group was counted in the census? Uh, in the census of Israel, it was from 20 years old and upward. So these were the only ones that were counted. Okay. Uh, leaders were picked to represent each tribe. Once again, you have leaders. You have to have leadership, right? Uh, the following are the 12 tribes and their numbers in the census. Uh, number one, we have Reuben, who had 46,500. His name means, behold, a son. Mm. Number two is Simeon, 59,300. His name means hearing. Uh, third one is Gad, 45,650 counted, age 20 and up, all the men. His name means fortune or troop. Number four is Judah, Yehuda, 74,600. His name means praised. Number five is Issachar, uh, 54,400 counted. His name means reward. And of course, Zebulun was number six, 57,400. His name means habitation. Number seven is Ephraim. He had 40,500. His name means double fruit. Oh, yeah. Number eight is Manasseh, uh, 32,200, causing to forget. And then, of course, Benjamin, Benjamin, 35,400. His name means son of my right hand. Uh, The the tribe of Dan, Dan the man with the plan. That's right. Dan had 62,700. Sure did. Uh, His name means judge. That's why my wife's name is Danielle. It's a derivative of Dan or Daniel. God is my judge. Uh, Number 11 is Asher. Uh, his name means happy, uh, 41,500 in that particular tribe. And last but not least, we have Naphtali, 53,400. His name means wrestling. Uh, so what tribe had the most men, Ryan? So the tribe of Judah had the most, 74,600. Wow, Judah's rocking it. Sure Judah, is. Judah, Yehuda. And what tribe had the least men? That's going to be Manasseh at 32,200. Wow, you know, his name means causing to forget. Although, I did notice this, I made a note, right, that uh, if you take Ephraim and Manasseh, which together make up the tribe of Joseph, then that would be 72,700, which is just shy of Judah. You add Manasseh and Ephraim? Manasseh and Ephraim together, which together equals the the tribe of Joseph. And how much is that? 72,700. Boom. Look at that. Wow, I didn't think about that one. 
Yeah. Well, because what happens here... This would be some good Bible trivia. Oh, yeah. So Le- trivia. Levi gets, you know... Uh, we'll talk ta- about him later. Take, we will. He gets taken yeah. out of this, this group because you don't actually count Levi with the rest of the tribes. Right. But then Ephraim and Manasseh get split up. So you take Joseph and you split it into Ephraim and Manasseh, and that covers and gets you 12 tribes again. Yosef... Uh, what was the total number of men counted from all the tribes? Quick math tells me it was 603,550. Wow. Now, it has been estimated that nearly 2 million people came out of Egypt, including right. women and children. Right, because this is just men 20 to 50. Yeah. Or actually 20 and up, I apologize. Yeah, it's 20 and up. 20 and up. Yeah, 20 to 50 would be the, the age of the priesthood that went down. 30 to 50 to start. Yeah, yeah that's right. We're going to get into that as well. Yeah. Uh, so let's let's move on because it's so important. You know, they had to have a census and find out, you know, what they were dealing with because they're going to go to war and do some different things. Uh, so I thought it was only appropriate. It's like, like, like doing a demographic. Yes, like a survey. Of the, of the tribes. Yep. Uh, the Levites were not counted with the other tribes. Uh, Numbers 147, they weren't counted with them. Uh, the Levites were over the tabernacle and all the vessels. Well, we got so many exciting things to look at in this particular chapter. Uh, so basically, it says right here, I just read it. The Levites were over the tabernacle and all the vessels, so they're going to be scattered throughout. Um, and uh, let's see here. Uh, also, I just want to remind everyone that's, that's listening or watching. Um, I've got this great resource, this book that I'm reading. Uh, it's it's Reading Moses and Seeing Jesus. Yeah. The name of the book. Uh, very, very interesting book. Not that, not that, not very many pages, but it was just done very well. Scholarly, I think. Theologically speaking, just the way they put it all together, like a template, different things. But they brought out a very good point, you know. Uh, and the point was this. Uh, the priests were meant to 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 usher in the presence of God and to lead people to the things of God and teach the Torah. But their other role was to guard and protect. So huh. they're they're gonna be scattered throughout to guard and protect. Make sure that nobody comes to the camp, you know, that's not like minded or right. one of them. Ah, I see. Yeah. They're guards. Yeah. Are you getting where I'm going I am. with this? Yeah. That I'm a guard. I'm picking up what you're yeah. putting down. Yeah. I'm on the safety team. <laughs> so I really am. Yeah. Now uh what three tribes camped on the east side of the tabernacle? So on the east side of the tabernacle, which a uh, quick little note is that that's the side where the entrance is, is Judah, Issachar, and Zebulun. Now, as you write this stuff down, as you begin to start to expound on it, it's, it's, it's quite successful how God orchestrates this. It's like checks and balances, like the three branches of government or whatever. Now, uh, if you look at you have Judah, Issachar, and Zebulun. Judah was the lead tribe. Yes. Notice. Judah's the lead tribe in that group. Yep. Okay. And, of course, uh, we're going to go over this more than once just so you understand. Uh, this was Moses and the priests. Uh, it was the Kohath, Kohathites. Uh, they were, of course, guarding the tabernacle, the sanctuary, and protecting Israel. That was their job. Yeah. To, to guard the entrance. Remember? It's kind of interesting. Remember the cherub in the yeah. Garden of Eden? Right. Um, uh, what three tribes camped on the south side of the tabernacle? So this is going to be Reuben, Simeon, and Gad. So <laughs> Reuben is the lead tribe. Remember, he's the firstborn. Right. Judah means praise. Uh, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah. They were born in that order to Leah. And I can get into all that, the, the, the mothers and all that, but Bilhah and Zippah. But Reuben was the lead tribe. So the Kohathites were there. They were responsible for the ark, the table, the lampstand, the altars, the vessels, and the screen. So that was what their responsibility was in that sense on the south side of the tabernacle. Uh, what three tribes camped on the west side of the tabernacle? 
Ooh, West Side. This is going to be Ephraim, Manasseh, and Benjamin. And once again, Ephraim is the lead tribe right. in that that group. Right. Uh, we have the Gershonites, the, mm-hmm. the 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 family of Gershon, covering. They had the coverings, the hangings, and the entrance screen. So basically, the tapestry. Right. So like we we noticed something that at Beit Tehillah we love tapestry. Oh yeah. We love to put up fabric and. Uh, even window treatments that were handmade yeah. in our fellowship hall over the windows and things. So it's it's interesting that that Gershon was actually assigned to Ephraim and Asin Benjamin, and they carried the tapestry. So we have a we actually have a rack in our in our Quonset head over there in the storehouse on wheels with nothing but fabric. Yep. Yeah, I mean it's like Joanne Fabrics or something, you know. <laughs> so we laugh about that, and of course we have all of our banners around the church of the tribes. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting how that has come to play. It's not by accident that Gershon uh, had the tapestries and Ephraim was camped with him. Last but not least, uh, what three tribes camped on the north side of the tabernacle? The north side is going to be Dan, Asher, and Naphtali. Wow. Uh, Dan was the lead tribe. Dan was the man. Yeah. You know, as you get into tribal listings, you know, their birth order, Ryan, how they brought their offerings, even the census. If you go and start looking at these things, it's very interesting. Even in the book of Revelation, I have to bring this up because Dan is the lead tribe, but he's not sealed in the book of Revelation among the 144,000. Right. And so I, I began to look at these different listings of the tribes because I, I find it fascinating, you know. Uh, and so what I discovered was, but Dan is the first one uh, to get his inheritance in the book of Ezekiel. Yeah. So when the allotment's given and the land is given, which is what's going to happen in the future once again, um, uh, Dan is actually mentioned first getting the land. Now, who was around this particular group of tribes? Uh, on the north side was the Merari, the Merarites. 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 Uh, they had the frames, the bars, the pillars, the bases, the pegs, and the cords. They had, they were in charge of all of that. Right. See, delegated responsibility. So we all have a job to do. Yep. You should love what you do and do what you love. And the children of Israel did according to all that the Lord commanded Moses. So they pitched by their standards. And so they set forward everyone after their families according to the house of their fathers. Numbers 2.34. So once again, they uh, hmm. they pitched by their standards. You know, they had these these banners, you know. Remember like the Romans? Yep. The, the 10th Legion or whatever it was. You yeah, know, I was they, explaining that to the kids last night because, you know, they're like, I asked them, well, do you guys know what a standard is? And they're like you know crickets they started telling me oh it's like a, a rule like or like a stand you know like a a way to yeah, the new american to tell something it's a version you know? of the bible and so i explained to them that it was the it was the sign that they would hold and i explained about like how armies like back in the day you know if you're the general and you're standing up on a hill and down in the valley there's a battle going on and you can be like all right send this you know regiment 35 yeah, over yeah, yeah. to this flank or that that's flank, right you know? and so that's by their standards because we're we're looking at things and keeping it organized um, but it is cool because you mentioned you have the tabernacle in the middle of the camp, right? Yeah. And so you have the tabernacle in the middle of the camp. And then on the north, the south, the east, and the west, right next to the tabernacle, you have the Levites and the priests. That's right. So they had their camps. That's right. Okay? And so they were like a protection around the tabernacle. And then on the outside, you had, you know, the tribes, uh, three tribes on every side all around. So if somebody wanted to get to the tabernacle, they had to go through the tribes and the, the Levites and the priests before they could ever make it into the you tabernacle. You know, it's interesting, just to tell you that, from the air, it looks like a German cross. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, like a fat like, cross, a German yeah. cross. So what's interesting to me, though, is, and there's this actually this movie, I'm not sure what the name of it is, but uh, I guess it's the son is looking for it, because his, his father was in the Roman army, and there was a standard, and so he wanted to get it back. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. I can't remember the exact plot, but I know it was something along the lines of that, 
his father was discredited or something for losing the Roman standard, and the uh. son went to go retrieve it and get it back to honor and bring honor back to his father. Pretty fascinating. You know, I went to movie. my sister. My sister was a Marine. I went to her her basic training graduation, and all the platoons or companies or whatever it is, right, however they're units that they're set up in, um, they all hold a flag as they march, right? Somebody holds a flag as they march, and you know yeah. that's that that that's platoon right. or platoon that platoon twenty thirty six was mine. Yeah, you see twenty thirty six. That's right. It's a standard. It's, it's a, flag. a standard exactly. You know, Yeshua is a standard. It says that he'll be raised up, and the that, nations will be drawn unto him. That's right. It says. See, that's the thing. Are we drawn to the person? Just as Moses raised the serpent in the wilderness, you know, so the Son of Man should be raised up. Amen. You know, I have a picture of this, but I want to remind all of you that uh, when we have the uh, the situation with Korah, Korah's rebellion. He was the son of Kohath. Yes. So Korah is actually going to be camped out with Reuben, Simeon, and Gad. Yeah. So now what's going to happen is, and, and this is where it gets to be very interesting, uh, it's, it's interesting because we have a situation here where uh, it says right here, uh, it says, Now Korah, the son of Ishar, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi, and Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, and On, the son of Haleth, sons of Reuben, took men. So there's a conspiracy now between Korah, who's related to Moses, and the tribe of Reuben. And they're gotcha. going to be in cahoots with one another because a conspiracy takes two or more people. Right. And they're going to be in cahoots with one another and cause trouble. And of course, we know the results of that, don't yep, we? we sure do. Um, and so uh, as we close out this particular uh, portion, uh, here's the question. Uh, so many times we want to be counted, but can we be counted on? Mm. You know, we were talking about it last night, and, you know, everybody wants to be counted, especially when, like, you're in the drive-thru at Chick-fil-A. You don't want to be missed in the count, right? Because you're placing the order. And if you order eight nuggets, there better be eight nuggets in there. Because I bought some uh, wings from Publix before. Yeah. And it says 20. Right. And there was, like, 16. Ooh, not good. Not good. It needs to be 20. But it was after the fact. Yeah, what do you, yeah exactly. You're already gone. That's what they're counting on. Oh! So, but but, you know, just as an example, though, you know, you you want to be counted in in the line at Chick Fil A, so you make sure you get your meal. If you're sitting in the back, you know, you don't want anybody to forget that you're there. You want to be counted um, when it comes to other things, but maybe you don't want to be counted when it comes for chore time, you know. And so the question is, you want to be counted, but can you be counted on? Amen. And I think God is asking us all that question. Well, here's the thing, Ryan, that I want to share with all of you that are listening or even watching. Um, cause we are in season four and we are over what 50,200 podcasts listened so far. Wow. But when you, you look at the, the meaning of life minus Monty Python, the meaning of life, <laughs> you know, you have to understand that I never asked to be here, but now that I'm here, what am I going to do? Amen. So as we, as we look at the dynamics of God looking down on the earth, you know, uh, who's going to do his bidding? So I want to encourage all of you that are in the Hebrews of the Christian faith movement is that we have to get along with the church. We have to be kingdom minded because we're all in this together. But God does have a special call for us to see the reconciliation of Jews and Gentiles and also to uh, to see the restoration, regathering the whole house of Israel. Amen. So when you're being pulled out of the nations and you're not Jewish and you want to do these things, God is going to hook you up with those that want to do these things and practice their faith. But you have to be kind to others around you in the church and the community in which you live. You don't want to be illegitimate. You want to be legitimate. You want to be for real. 
And I only bring that up because it's kind of interesting how with that, practicing your faith, being in the community and being with everyone else, we get to actually be used of God to help bring prophecies to pass and to bring the Messiah back. Right. You know, I, I always share this with a lot of evangelicals or even my pastor friends. If you go back and look at the Valley of Dry Bones in Ezekiel, just my little example, we say, oh, well, look, here's a Valley of Dry Bones. It becomes an exceeding great army, and the flesh goes on, the spirit mm-hmm. goes into them. And can these bones live, you know? Yeah. And he says, yeah, they're going to live. And it becomes an exceeding great army. Well, if you keep reading, it talks about two sticks becoming one in his hand, Ephraim and Judah. Okay, so we all kind of get that, but they kind of skip over all that. And a lot of people in eschatology want to jump right into the battle of Gog and Magog. Mm. So let's just go back and, and put it together. Mm-hmm. Valley of Dry Bones represents Israel becoming a nation again. Right. Let's look at the two sticks becoming one. We're seeing that here in our church. Absolutely. And then, of course, the battle of Gog and Magog. So we can't just like skip over the two sticks becoming one. We have to ask ourselves, well, in order for the battle of Gog and Magog to take place, two sticks have to come together. Yeah. So I know the COVID hit and that put us you know, back a little bit, but it served its purpose. I know God allowed it to serve his purpose. And so the thing is now, as we move forward, we have to ask ourselves, you know, can God trust us? Can he use us? Right. You know, what is God's heart? Right. You know, I never hung around Jewish people, never knew much about Jewish people or anything. It wasn't anti-Semitic or anything. But when, when I began to, to walk in this and come to the knowledge of this, I think what happened to me personally, God downloaded a love for Jewish people yeah. and Israel and that we should be there for them. We should support them. We should do our part as Christians with, a, uh, with of course, a mutual respect of Judaism and Christianity to say, hey, we, we see where you're at. We see where you're coming from. We're going we're gonna to do our part yeah. at Beit Tehillah. Yeah. We're going to bring awareness to why is it important. You know, I mean, even Christianity, Ryan, was founded in Jerusalem. So, like, why wouldn't you have an interest as a Christian in Jerusalem? If he yeah. suffered, died, was yeah, buried, no doubt. if he ascended and is coming back there, why would you want to think about anything else? As a Christian, you would want to think, man, you know, this is a holy place. Yeah, no and make doubt. that pilgrimage. Sure, no doubt. So what do you have in, 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 as far as that goes? And then oh. we'll let you take over numbers. No. Okay. The Levites are set apart. That's going to be your little gig. Okay, cool. So so uh, the definition of maturity, right, is, is wrapped around this thing they call the 51% rule. And so the goal is to realize that it's not about you and that you should be considering others at least 51% of the time, right? That you're not thinking constantly about what can you get out of this? How is this going to benefit you? How do you feel about this? But that you're more kingdom-minded, and as such, you're more others-minded, right? That you're esteeming others more than you are yourself. Boy, that's biblical. Yeah, I would say so. I would say so. But it, it's a good, when you throw the 51% in there, it's an easy way what to say What is the like, 51%? How's that a reflection That you're thinking of, of others at least 51% of the time, right? Meaning gotcha. a majority of the time I gotcha. you're considering others. Even if you have half, but 51 is but listen, a better we number. A, we live in America. 51 would be biblical. Yeah. We live in America. It's so easy to gratify ourselves. So 51% of your very being. Yeah. Given to others. Amen. That you're you're esteeming others, you know, just like in a marriage, um, you know, the idea is that if you're in the marriage for yourself, it's doomed to fail um, because you're never going to get out of the marriage what you want if you're focusing on yourself. The idea is to be in the marriage to serve the other person, amen. And so, if you're considering the other person and they're considering you, then everything's good, right? Well, that's, what that's about the but see, that's a good number, but what about the twenty percent? The, mean the 80-20 the rule, the... the right. um, 20% do most of the work. 
Well, 20% do 80% of the work, right? And 80% do 20% of the griping. Or wait, 20% do 80%, something like that. <laughs> so only 20% really do the work. Most in most cases, yeah, yeah. And the eighty percent are watching the twenty percent. There's even there's even uh, that the, the eighty twenty uh, rule. I need to look. That what up. is his name? It's per, What is it? It's Pareto's principle is what it's called. It's called Pareto's principle, and the eighty twenty statistic actually works in not just saying hey twenty percent of the people do eighty percent of the work, right? But what they're really saying is. 20% of your effort is giving you 80% of your production as well. So like right. think about the time in a day. 20% of the things that you do are actually giving you 80% of your your benefit and then the other 80% are giving you the other 20%. So it's like, well, we'll just skip that 80% and focus on the 20% um and increase that to a bigger that's percentage. That's that's kind of been proven, I think, time and time again. Oh, it's it's called Pareto's principle because it's it's been it's time and time again shown to be accurate plus or minus, right? I mean, some of these things you can't quite quantify um into 80 percent and 20 percent but it, it's true like i know with like customers probably 20 percent of my customers give me 80 percent of my headache <laughs> you know it's just how it works think about church attendees members right probably 20 percent of them give you 80 percent of your headache you know not that anybody gives you a headache but you know what i'm saying right that's how that's, i never really thought about that but that's how it, it works could be it's how it works. So what do you got for me? So, all right. so we've got the census. We've got the census. And we've got the encampments. We've placed the Levites where they need to be. Yep. And now we're going to get into well, We actually haven't numbers. placed them where they need to be. We're going to get now we're going to get some numbers on the Levites. You jumped ahead Separate a little bit. Separate census. Separate count. Yes, ah, ah, we are. Ah. ah, ah, ah. So Aaron's four sons, as a review, were Nadab, Abihu, Eliezer, and Ithamar, right? And actually the Torah goes back through them. And so Nadab and Abihu died because they offered strange fire to the Lord. So now what was left was Eliezer and Ithamar. And so you know, I want to point something out to you about Nadab and Abihu real quick. Let's go. I just learned something. It was what was it Sunday? Mm-hmm. I learned something. I was reading the Torah portion ahead. It says right here in regards to Nadab and Abihu, and I never picked up on this. It says right here, they had no children. Interesting. So I guess to be a priest, you had to be married, from my understanding, but neither one of them had children. Interesting. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Yeah, I did Until just now. I didn't even. Well, well, Sunday. Consider it, yeah. It, it all put it together. And, and by the way, you know, uh, if I'm not mistaken, um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, there was something else um, that we read about that they, they the Nadab and Abihu went into the Holy of Holies and they weren't supposed to. I didn't, I didn't put that all together. That's another little clue back in Leviticus. Mm, it might have been an Aleph Beta thing. I'm not sure. I just think I saw that in there. Yeah. So so anyway, I, I read it. Mm-hmm. Oh. That you only... Oh. Hold on. Look, you, can you, I go there? Oh, you can. Absolutely. Oh, I'm, I got the time over No, no, here. no. I was the something, you know... I, are you ready for this? Get notifications. Can you handle it? Can you handle it? Uh, you can't handle the... Tr- Leviticus. You want me on that wall. <laughs> you need me. You want me in the holy I love place. That. Jack, this is so good. Here we go. All right. Let scripture interpret scripture. Because why? We're trying to learn about God, his protocol. Because yeah. we care. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We can have grace and mercy. I know it's easier to ask for forgiveness and permission. But if you know to do right, we better do it. So check uh, this. Yes. Are you ready for this? Yes. Thank you, Holy Spirit. That was a little download. So here we go. All right. So Nadab and Behu didn't have children. But what's another clue? In Leviticus 16. And the Lord spake unto Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron, when they offered before the Lord and died. 
And the Lord said unto Moses, Speak unto Aaron thy brother, that he come not at all times into the holy place within the veil before the mercy seat, which is upon the ark, that he die not. Because his sons died. Yep, I remember that. For I will appear in the cloud upon the mercy seat. So he set the example, don't do as Nate Ebon and Behu did. You can right. only come in here once a year. So apparently they went in there when they shouldn't have. Well, they were taking incense, right, to put on the altar. The strange fire was not brought to the altar altar. It right. was brought to the but, but altar he, of he incense. But he makes a clear rule. Do not come into the Holy of Holies. Well, think about it. Like if you're, if you're walking into the holy place, the altar of incense is right there before the veil. Right. Yeah. So, so if they're in there and they're doing something, they're not. Then they probably walked right in and. Yeah, that's the thing. And then whoosh, it's over. Who yeah. wants to be an example? I watched a video of a guy get struck by lightning three times in a row. He got struck. He falls down on the ground. He gets back up. He's walking. Gets struck again. Falls down. I'm not kidding. Three times in a row. That's not that. Not that. That's my worst fear. But I, I don't dig that at all. That's just. I, uh, but I imagine lightning. that's what happened to Nate Evan Abihu. I mean. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just, took their breath away. It does. And it, it actually says in, he, in the Hebrew that he took their breath away because he gave right, it. Right, 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 right. So he sucked their breath up and just collapsed. Not good, folks. This Not is good. what I'm saying. Yeah. God kills and God makes alive. Yes, he does. He sure does. All right, where was I? Okay, so the Levites belong to the Lord. So so God is explaining to us why the Levites were not counted in the original census. And so um, he's he's giving us a comparison as well, and so they're that's making, their inheritance, right? They're making a um, an association between the Levites that belong to the Lord, and then also the firstborn of every man and beast also belong to the Lord. So you have the the, the Levites themselves, and then you have the firstborn of every man and every beast also belong to the Lord. And so, what was the age limit when you were numbering the Levites? From a month old and upward. That's right. From a month old and upward. Right. And and Levi, the actual guy, Levi, he had three sons. What were their names? Ooh, Gershon, Kohath, and Marari. That's right. And so you already kind of went over this, but I'm going to run through this again. The Ger- Absolutely. The Gershonites were camped westward and were responsible for the tent of the tabernacle, the covering of the tabernacle, the hanging for the door the t- of the tabernacle, and the hanging of the court and the curtains and the cords. So the Gershonites were with Ephraim, Manasseh, and Benjamin to the west. And where would he scatter Ephraim? They'd come trembling back from the west. west. Imagine that. And look at us with all of our tapestries all over the place, you know what I mean? And our flowing stuff in the the Joanne's fabric, you know, equivalent that we have over there in the Kwanzaa hut. Um, All right, so that was to the west. And then the Kohathites, which are the sons of Kohath, were camped southward and were responsible for all of the furniture in the tabernacle. That's Reuben, Simeon, and Gad. This is where Korah came from. Mm -hmm. He had the honor of carrying the furniture, but it wasn't good enough. Right. Oh, I want Mo. Yeah. Absolutely. Moses. Just make sure you don't touch yeah. the furniture. I mean, we hear from God too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Well, I've been down that road. Yeah. Oh, I know Nick's praying. I'm praying too. <laughs> I'm like, somebody's wrong. Somebody's getting the wrong message. Yeah, somebody. Well, I, I hear from God too. I pray. And, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I pray, and this is what I heard from God. Well, I pray, and I hear from God too. And I'm like, somebody's wrong. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? I do. I do. And that's why we got to be careful because whew, yeah. you can only be a false prophet and, once. Right. And only time will tell. Oh, yes. And only time will and tell. And God's never late. I wish he would be early, though. Uh, I wish he was on but my he's schedule, never actually. Late. I wish I could, like, you know, just 
snap my fingers. You know, all these things happening in Israel is because of Ramadan, which is which is, which is an unholy time. Interesting. Yeah, it's true. So, it's unholy to do acts of violence and things like that. Yeah. That's not holy time. Right. People take things and they so turn. God them has into, holy time for us. Yeah, I agree. That's good. I agree. So the Merorites were camped northward uh, and responsible for all the boards, pillars, uh, sockets, vessels, pins, and their cords. This is the first uh, Home Depot. That's right. It's, it's so funny you said that because this is exactly what I was saying last night. So you have Dan, Joanne's fabric, Asher, and Naphtali. You have Joanne's fabric, right? You have Ashley's furniture. And you have Ace Hardware. I'm telling you. Right? You've got everything. All and, we need is a food court. And so I was trying to explain to the kids, like, the you know how entrance. people have family businesses, right? You have yeah. the plumbers. <laughs> That's right. See what I did there? You don't flow, you don't go. <laughs> That's what I say. So at, some families have, you know, their plumbing. Some are into masonry, right? They do, like, uh, stone and stucco and, and concrete right. and stuff like that. And then others are Craft, carpenters. Craftsmen, yeah. You know? And so you have these different families that have different trades. I'm amazed at that, you know? I'm amazed at carpenters and craftsmen and people stuff. that are handy just in general it's really unbelievable yeah. that's just not my gift let me read a book yeah <laughs> <laughs> you laugh oh uh, so then the last group uh, where were moses aaron and his sons located around the tabernacle eastward and that's where we have judah issachar and zebulun so they're right in front of the entrance to the tabernacle and then, uh, and then That's outside right. of them, only one way in and one way out. Judah is and our our sanctuary faces east. So when that's you right. see the Pentecost display here, that's that's east. You're right, right. There's seven hours ahead, six thousand miles is, yeah. is Jerusalem. Yeah, it's like that way. No, that's I think it. it's a little the, the little angle like that. If you if you take a compass, I'd have to look. I don't know. I don't know for sure. <laughs> you don't have to pull out a compass. Because then one of us has to be right, one of us has to be wrong. We could have just, you know. No, said, it's a little bit this way. Yeah. I remember we used to have that arrow up on the tree. Do you remember the arrow See? on the tree? Look. Uh, See where my phone oh, is? Oh, look just at you. Just a little bit. So it's that way. Just a little just a smidge. smidge to the just right. Just a smidge. See that? Huh. Yeah. They can see that, can't they? Yeah, they can. They can yeah. see that? Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right, so uh, they're going to do the count of the Levites now. And all of the tribe of Levi were numbered a month old and upward. So whereas everyone else was a 20 years old and upward, uh, the Levites were counted from a month old and upward, and there were 22,000 men from the tribe of Levi. 22,000, okay? And so keep that number in your mind, 22,000 men from the tribe of Levi. And so then they counted all the firstborn males in all the rest of the 12 tribes, and the count for the firstborn males, a month old and upward in the 12 tribes, was 22,273. So, Pastor Nick, quick math. What is 22,273 minus 22,000? 273. 273. So the difference between the firstborn males of all the tribes and the Levites was 273. And so now what we've done is we have a matching 22,000 and 22,073, right? But that means so you're saying out of the twenty-two thousand, you add two seventy-three are firstborns. No, you add no. I'm no. saying that they count twenty-two thousand Levites. Okay. And twenty-two thousand two hundred seventy-three firstborn amongst the twelve tribes. Interesting, right? I never really broke that down. So then you take the two, the two hundred seventy-three, which is the difference, because basically you have a matching Levite for 22,000 of the firstborn males, and then you have 273 left over, 
and those have to be redeemed before the Lord. Very good. All right? Wow. And so then you take these 273 that have to be redeemed, and you have to redeem them at five shekels apiece. <laughs> and if you remember, we go back a Torah portion. The dedication. And we have the dedications and the price for the dedications and all that. So what they did is they took five shekels apiece for those 273. And, of course, you're going to pick the youngest ones because they have the lowest price, right? <laughs> Wow. <laughs> so it's uh, it came out to 1,365 shekels that were brought uh, in order to redeem the 273 My goodness, that, that sounds really interesting. You know, what responsibility to, uh, to have these demographics for a reason? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everyone's in a place for a reason. Well, you know what's interesting, you know? too, is people think this is boring, but people love, people love to know the big picture. They want to see the graph or they want to see the count. But they don't want to have like to know like the details that came into getting that. But this is actually yeah. showing you the substance of it. So when you, you know, say something, you have yeah. the, the proof. So let's let's look at Beitihil as an example. Ooh. Let's just really think about this. What if you didn't have the Kohathites carrying the furniture? What if you didn't have any furniture? Then there'd be no chairs. Well, what I'm saying is that that would really hurt the tabernacle. We'd have no table here because you need it. You need the furniture. It's kind of like what if I didn't have office staff? What Ooh. if I'd have Kathy or Sarah? Not good. No one answering the phones. Yeah. Nobody do administration work. We we wouldn't make it. No, we wouldn't. So see how important everybody is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need everybody. What about like ushers or safety team? Greeters. Or media. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Or child care. That's right. Let's not have child care and see what mothers do. Uh, no. We're going to have the no. mother's movement. No. Happy Mother's Day, by the way, because we had Mother's Day on Sunday. That's true. So l- let's, let's get into this because here's the interesting thing, I think. Um... Once we have the census and we have everyone camped out where they're supposed to be by their standard and we spread out these Levites and they're, of course, counted in their own little census with the Lord. We have further duties of the Levites in Numbers chapter four. Now, this is very interesting. It says in Numbers four, three from 30 years old and upward, even until 50 years old, all that enter into the host to do the work in the tabernacle of the congregation. Now, I want to bring to your remembrance is that when did Yeshua begin his ministry? At when 30. he was 30. This is about 30 it, years know, old. Can you find that verse for me or no? Oh, I can, yeah. Yeah, let's I find can that ask verse. Rabbi, Rabbi Shmugel. Okay, Rabbi Shmugel. <laughs> now, uh, the age was lowered to 25 and then to 20 years old. And I'll give you these references uh, in Numbers 8.24 next week. I believe we'll be in Numbers 8.24. Uh, we have the age at 25. And then, of course, in First Chronicles chapter 23, verse 24, we have the age being established at 20. So we have to ask ourselves, with the law first mentioned, Yeshua began his ministry at 30. So what is that reference? And I'm going to write it down, mm. if you can find it. I do believe it's in Luke. It is in Luke. It is definitely But in I'm Luke. not sure exactly where. I'm looking for it now. But the law first mentioned would say that Yeshua had to be 30 to establish his, his priesthood. His, his, he is the high priest. And so we see that. And then, of course, uh, once again, uh, as we look at numbers, they so, dropped it down to, to 25 and then 20. So they're, they're, um, this is right when Jesus is baptized, if you remember all that. And it says in verse 23 of chapter 3 in Luke. Now Luke what? Je- Luke three twenty three. Yeah. It says, now Jesus himself began his ministry at about 30 years of age, being, as was supposed, the son of Joseph, the son of Heli. Awesome. So, so let's ask ourselves a question, you know. I believe there was such a need for priests 
that they dropped the age down to 20. So We know so all about that. <laughs> let's go to 1 Chronicles 23, verse 24. And uh, let's you can read that, Ryan. 1 um, Chronicles 23, 24. That's in the Old Testament? Yeah. <laughs> what we're going to have is the Levites and their duties. We're going to have the... Uh, 23, 24? Yeah. These were the sons of Levi by their fathers' houses, the heads of the fathers' houses, as they were counted individually by the number of their names, who did the work for the service of the house of the Lord from the age of 20 years and above. There you go. Now, thank you, Holy Spirit. Now, let's reflect on something since we got a little bit of time here. Let's reflect on this. Did David create 24 divisions in the priesthood? He did. Is this the 24 divisions? Can you, can you read it and find it? Because uh, the reason why I want to say this is because... Um, yes, it is. So in chapter 24, um, the next chapter, it goes through the divisions of the priests. It talks about Nadab and Abihu, and then it goes to David with Zadok of the sons of Eliezer, and Ahimelech of the sons of Ithamar, divided them according to the schedule of their service. And All then right. it goes through, you know, the list okay, of Okay, let's do this. Um, let's look at John the Baptist's father. Yes, Zechariah. All right. And so it's Zechariah. Uh, and let's look at the course of Abia. Can you, can you find out where the course of Abia is? The course of Abia. Yep, it's the uh, the seventh to Hazak, the eighth to Abia, which is the eighth course. So he's the eighth course out of twenty four. Correct divisions. Yes, John the Baptist's father, Zacharias, was the eighth. Was part of the eighth part course. of the eighth course. Yes. Does everybody see that? Yes, and he so was in charge of doing the incense in so the that's, eighth course. So that's very interesting as you as you begin to delve into that, and that's of course Luke one five. He was a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abia. So uh, uh, I remember talking with Susie about you know having other people lead the worship because it's like a division, and that way you can rotate your singers yeah. and nobody gets burned out. Right. So that's what Josiah is trying to do as well. I think is to let other people sing and take part in the songs. And I and I, I learned that from from King David to, to divide up those 24 divisions yeah. uh, that we have. So just a little food for thought, very interesting. You know how we can tie in the New Testament as well. Uh, and so even like with us, you know, we, we like for our child care to be 12, but if a, if there's a mature 10-year-old, we'll put them in the child care. Yeah, as a helper. The adults as a helper. Yeah. So we've kind of come to that place now where if someone's 12, that's great, but if they're mature, we, th- we can use a 10-year-old. Sure. And it's the same. It's the same principle, isn't that? Isn't that relevant? Isn't that kind of cool? Yeah, wow, we did the same thing. No, you have to be twelve. Well, it was thirty, twenty-five. Now twenty. Yeah. Right. So uh, I'm gonna let you take it from there, because um, okay. we're gonna get into some colors. That's right. This is actually pretty cool stuff here. Um, what what colored cloth was used to cover the ark, table of showbread, menorah, and the golden altar? It was the color of blue. So all the golden pieces of furniture. All the golden pieces of furniture were covered with a blue Interesting. cloth. Interesting. I didn't put that together. The golden And pieces it means of sky or heaven. All right. Blue means sky or heaven. Yep. And so then there was a second cloth that was put over the table of showbread. But what you would do is you would, because remember, they're carrying this, and it talks about the staves, which are the poles. So you cover right. it with a blue cloth, and then you take all the dishes and the tongs and the utensils that were used, and you put them on the table of showbread. And then you would cover the table of showbread with another cloth, 
and that color was scarlet. That's right, scarlet. Scarlet. You know, it's interesting. I was in my apartment years ago when I got saved and born again, and I guess some months had passed, and I was in my apartment, and um, the Lord took me to Isaiah one eighteen. And this was the coolest thing. Yeah. And so it says, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. So I get this revelation that God's like, listen, I want to forgive you of your sins. Right. I want to forgive you. Reason with me. I'm perfect. I'm whole. I'm pure. Yeah. You need to understand this. I know no sin. You can't take a ball of sin and throw it towards the throne. It'll never make it. It'll, it'll be like a boomerang. It'll hit you in the face. Right? Yeah. So I'm sitting there and I have my guitar and I just want to sing this because I don't have my guitar. But I had my guitar and I just had a little song and I wrote this song. It's called Come Now and Let Us Reason Together. So here, here, here it is. Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. And though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Praise God. It it just came to me. Yeah. Real simple little ditty. One little scripture. Yeah. So I want to encourage all of you that are listening that you're good enough. God loves you. And even on the cross, you know, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Now, we don't purposely sin, but I'll tell you, God wants to forgive us. He loves us. You're good enough. And remember, you know, the Torah leads us to the teacher. It leads us to Christ. Amen. And so I can't encourage all of you that are listening, that are just a part of the last day's movement here, that you're on this earth for a reason. There's hope. There's hope for you. Amen. So just think about that. So scarlet means redemption or blood atonement. Mm, Redemption or blood atonement. Yeah. So um, you have the blue and you have the scarlet, which is like a reddish color, right? That's right. All right. And then now we have the color that goes over the altar. So so we have all the dishes and stuff that that they would sit on top of the table of showbread. They would then cover those over the top with scarlet. That's right. So that was a special thing. And then they had another special cloth that went over the altar. Now, keep in mind, they had to carry... The altar burnt offerings. That's right. Okay, this was a a mobile altar. Um, And so what color was the cloth that covered this mobile altar? The color was purple, which means royalty or kingship. Interesting. His seamless robe was purple. Yeshua, remember? Right, right, right. Which is kind of, and remember they they cast lots for it. Right. Because it was expensive. Yeah, yeah. And they put a crown of thorns on him. Oh, king of the Jews. See, he is a king. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Unbelievable. Absolutely. And so what they would do is they had this holy process, the Kohathites, who were uh, in think of them like a moving company, right? So they, they pull up with their truck, and then they had to carry all the stuff, right? So I imagine these guys with like the back braces, you know, like the waist I think things. they had wagons for some things. I, I do believe so. Remember, the wagons were donated as an offering, yep, yep, yep. but they couldn't carry the furniture. No, 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 no. We no, learned no. that lesson. No, no, no. The wagons, I think, were for Ace Hardware. Um, a little different. Um, but this is like two guys in a truck, you know, or maybe without the truck, two guys in a back, <laughs> two guys, two backs. <laughs> so they would cover everything and then their job was to make sure they don't accidentally touch it because what would happen if they touched it after covering them? Oh, they would die. Boom. Gone. Like that guy struck with lightning. It's all the protocol. 
Yeah. It's actually kind of setting a precedence of holiness and, and protocol because now it's like, okay, you set everything up, you pack everything away, you can't be nonchalant, you can't have some over here, some over there. It's got to all work together. You know, That's and there's an example of this happening um, where they like got unstable for a moment and uh, what's the his guy name? reached out. What's his name? Um, I don't remember the guy's name. He touched the arc. Uzzah? It's not like Uzziah or something like that, yeah. Yeah, he touched it and just gone. Gonzo. So we could all be an example. Well, and, 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 you know, people look at those situations and they think like, oh, no, that's terrible. Listen, God takes somebody. You don't know what happens to him. God could take anybody, right? I mean, he, he might be on the— kills and makes alive, Ryan. He may be on the trip of a lifetime now hanging out next to the throne, right? So, I mean, you, you, don't, you don't want to feel sorry for that guy. But the people that are left behind, the whole point of making somebody an example is to benefit the people that are left behind. You know, people that don't have vision perish. Ooh, Happy is he who keeps the Torah. Oh. Now, Torah gives us vision, Ryan. Now, yeah. not, to, not to, to twist it or to make it something it's not, but I would, I, would, I would say that, hey, you know, when you have vision, you have Torah. Torah has vision. Yes. It gives you an idea of what's going on, what's happening, what is sin, what is God requiring, because there's blessings and cursings, you know, so. There is blessings and cursings, that is, that is for certain. All right, so, uh, so there's a fivefold work of the high priest that is uh, mentioned here in chapter 4 and verse 16. And these five things are as follows. Number one, the oil for the light. Number two, the sweet incense. Number three, the daily meat or grain offering. Number four, the anointing oil. And number five, oversight of all the tabernacle. So these are the things that the high priest would probably be involved with on a daily basis, right? The high priest needed to be part of all of these things. And so um, the priesthood itself overall had delegated responsibilities in all of their service. And so here's our question. Why is the concept of delegation important in your community? You know, going back to the, the high priest real quick here, the high priest could work anywhere he wanted in the tabernacle. Yes. And it's kind of interesting, you know, I love it when your boss has bells because you know he's got <laughs> <laughs> It's like that bumper you. sticker, look busy, Jesus is coming. That's right. So, so that's interesting. But, you know, I have an example here. Uh, many hands make light work. Are you uh, ready for this? Unless they're little children, in which case many hands make more work. This is true. So Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, encouraged uh, delegated responsibilities to his son-in-law, uh, Moses, in Exodus 18, verses 14 through 26. It says right here, um, And when Moses' father-in-law saw all that he did to the people, he said, What is this thing that thou doest to the people? Why sittest thou thyself alone, and all the people stand by thee from morning unto even? And Moses said unto his father-in-law, Because the people come unto me to inquire of God. Now listen, I know how long the Chick-fil-A line is at lunchtime. <laughs> this is, this is un- unheard. Yeah, let me, oh, thank, thank you, Holy Spirit. I had a Mother's Day, right? What does mommy want? Can you go get me some bread and bagels? Ooh. Mother, whatever you want. You're yeah, mommy. Yeah. You're, the, you're, the, you're the mama. Yeah, I hope you win at 6 a.m. I went to bread and bagels, and there's a sign on the door, sold out. I go by Einstein bagels, right? And the car's out to Highway 60. Mommy's not getting bagels. Oh. <laughs> Mama's not getting a new dress. Oh. I go by Hole in One Donuts. The line's all the way out to the other store. I just went home. I'm sorry, honey. It kind of wow. reminded me of Foolish Virgins. Yeah, I didn't have oil in my lamp. That, there you go. Yeah. Oh, I'll do it later. You weren't prepared. I'll go later. That's right. So, so let's look at what he says here. When they have a matter, they come unto me, and I judge between one and another. 
and I do make them know the statutes of God and his laws. And Moses' father-in-law said unto him, The thing that thou doest is not good. Thou wilt surely wear away both thou and this people that is with thee, for this thing is too heavy for thee. Thou art not able to perform it thyself alone. Hearken now unto my voice. I will give thee counsel, and God shall be with thee. Be thou for the people to Godward, that thou mayest bring the causes unto God. And thou shalt teach them ordinances and laws, and shalt show them the way wherein they must walk, and the work that they must do. Moreover, thou shalt provide out of all the people able men, such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, and place such over them to be rulers of thousands, and rulers of hundreds, and rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens. See the delegated authority? Yep. And let them judge the people at all seasons, and it shall be that every great matter they shall bring unto thee, but every small matter they shall judge. So shall it be easier for thyself, and they shall bear the burden with thee. If thou shalt do this thing, and God command thee, so then thou shalt be able to endure, and all this people shall also go to their place in peace. So Moses hearkened to the voice of his father-in-law, and did all that he had said. And Moses chose able men out of all Israel, and made them heads over the people, rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens. And they judged the people at all seasons, the hard causes they brought unto Moses, but every small matter... They judge themselves. Wow. So, you know, we have 27 people in leadership at Baked Tehillah yep. and different ministries and departments. But, you know, the thing that comes to my mind, though, Ryan, and, and just like with delegate, delegating everything, you know, going from the table to small groups is delegation. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it, it allows my leaders to be excited and invested interest that they get to have a group and they get to teach. But you know what? I just thought about something. Out of all these years in the Torah, I never thought about this and I wrote it down. I mean, this is incredible. Moses was the first son-in-law. Mentioned as a son-in-law. Because he, he was a son in Torah. He was the first one to have Torah. Uh, I know. I see what I you put, did there. I put ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Moses was the first son-in-law. I was just going back. I was like, wait a minute. What about this marriage? Well, that marriage, you know, and I was Think like. Think about it. Yeah, I get it Isn't now. that brilliant? Yeah. <laughs> All these years. I can't believe I didn't catch that. Yeah, that's how when he broke all Ten Commandments at the same time, you know, he's the biggest sinner in the Bible. Yeah, there's medicine in the Bible. Yeah, two tablets. Moses took two tablets. Yeah. 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 So what do you got for me? So um, regarding which one, the delegation being important? Or? Yeah, you, you could do the delegation. We've got some time here, a few well, more minutes. Well, I'll tell you what, let's do this, because we've got the Omer to count. That's we got true. some other things going that's on. True. So um, there's two lessons to be learned from the Torah really? portion of Midbar, at least. And so I have two for you. My first one is this. Just like God has a place for each tribe, right? God has a place for you and for me and for everyone that's listening to the sound of my voice. God has a place for all of us, and we will be safest and happiest when we go to that place and we stick with it. Amen? God has a plan for your life. It's a wonderful plan, and you will be in your safest and happiest state when you're fulfilling the plan that God has given for has created for you. Oh, life. ain't that the truth? Amen. You know, uh, let me just see here. So if you're supposed to be on the west side, I'll be going on the east side. Let me, let me just look up one thing here. Um, I'm looking up a verse here. I have, do you want me to go on to number two or do you want me to stick with number one and look up your verse? Let me hear number one again. Number one, God has a place for you. 
right? That's right. That's what triggered something. Yeah, there you go. Um, let's see here. Just like they say in the evangelism script, do you know that God has a wonderful plan for your life? Amen. That Jesus died for you? If you were to die today, do you know where you would go, heaven or hell? <laughs> Did you find it? Uh, I'm looking. I'm looking. Uh, anyway, it's it's a verse in the New Testament, and I do believe it's in Romans. But God puts the members where he wants. Yes, he does. So it's like he tells you where to go to church. He does. So when people say, well, you know, I don't go to church. God, God pulled me out. I'm like, well, you better find something. So you're outside the camp? That's not that's good. You better find something. <laughs> so when you said that, it kind of triggers something. Yeah. Um, and so that that's that's good. I like what you said you about that. You better get inside the camp. Yeah. It's like we don't have to be Jewish, Ryan. No, we don't. We're the nations. We're Gentiles that's coming right. out of the nations, right? I thought I was like some hun, you know, that my grandma was Hungarian and everything. Yeah. Did the DNA test. I'm an old chap. Yeah, there's 12 tribes. There's Wales, and, and I'm, I'm from England. I'm like 60-something percent Iberian. Do you know what Iberian is? No. So Iberian is people from the Iberian Peninsula. Interesting. The Iberian Peninsula is Spain and Portugal. It's Iberian. That's interesting. That whole area. Or maybe it was 35% and then like 35% like Spanish, Cuban or something. I don't know. I don't remember. There's also a bunch of English, you know, Irish, Scottish, Dutch, that whole European, Welsh, all that good stuff. So we're both old chaps. That's why, you know. Yeah. I, when I, I say we're it. cut from the same cloth, we might actually be cut from the same cloth. <laughs> I love the monarchy. <laughs> is Prince Charles going to be the king? Uh, yeah, probably. There's worth it. That he, I might, he might get skipped over. It might go give to, it to his son. Yeah. I don't know. He might, but that would be his choice. Very interesting. he is the heir. Interesting. Well, I'm not going to get into that, but yeah, I do believe that that verse is actually in Romans. So. He, may have tried, he may have disqualified himself. You know. Do you want me to ask Rabbi Schmugel? Yeah, I can ask Rabbi Shmuel for you. I, I'm pretty sure it's Romans, and I, and I don't think I colored it, but it, it says that he puts the members where he wants. Members came up Corinthians about the members, you know, like we're the body of Christ. Many yeah, members it is. Body. It, it is. But there's uh, got to be something about members and yeah. It's, I think it's First Corinthians twelve eighteen. Yeah, but there's one in Romans. Puts the members where he wants. Uh, I still think it's Corinthians, but we'll go back. We'll go look up Romans. I can find it. Romans six thirteen. No, that's different. That's members of sin as instruments. How about Romans 12.5? Yes, Romans 12.5. There you go. 12.5. So we bring many. So we being many are one body in Christ and everyone members one of another. Maybe there's somewhere in the context there. Somewhere around there. All right, I've got my second point. Are you ready for my second point? We're just having a good old time, aren't we? Number, number two here is that God counts the people, right? He has them count the people so that they can see what all needs to be done, right? So you got to, you, you, there's some pragmatic reasons to counting the people, right? Just like we do a census in the U.S. It's important. Every 10 years so that we can allocate resources, to, you know, state by state, and then also so that we can change government, right? The House of Representatives is based on the census. So the number of people right. gives you number of representatives and stuff like that. But so he counts the people so they know what needs to be done and then delegates, has them delegate so that everything gets done right. Wow, that's good. So I was using the example, imagine that you're trying, you know, you have 30 minutes before mom gets home or your wife or whoever, company comes over to the house and the house is a wreck and you've got to clean, 
right? You go around, you're getting all the clutter, you're getting all the obvious stuff done, right? But you're not pulling the fridge out and sweeping behind the fridge. You know what I'm saying? You're not doing like the nitty gritty right. cleaning. And so the floor also might not even get that clean. Right. Because you might be, you know, they're going to be have shoes on and be good. You know, we'll be all right. right. You might not sweep, vacuum, whatever. But you will get all rid of all the clutter and all that kind of stuff. So it's just like this. If, if you delegate it and everybody has a job and one person's job is the floor, the floor is going to be nice, right? That's true. And so you don't just delegate so that you don't have to do everything. You delegate because you want things done right. Right. Amen. And so God has them count the people so they know what needs to be done, and then he has them delegate so that things get done right. That's good. You know, what do you got? That's, you know, my two things were many people want to be counted, but can you be counted on? I love that one. You know, uh, I call it believing loyalty. Yeah. And I want to thank Michael Heiser yes. for that term. Believing loyalty. So yes. a lot of people believe, but where's the loyalty? Mm. You know, uh, and God puts the members where he wants. Yes, he does. Cool. He does. He does. Amen. All right. So we today... Uh, here at Beit Tehillah, are in the 38th day of counting the Omer. And so we are going to count the Omer with you so that at least you're getting <coughs> a count every seven days. Praise God. All right. Let me get a little water here. Ooh, ooh. Go for it. Ready? Let's do it. Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Asher Kitchenu B'Mitzvotav V'Tivanu Al-Sifarat HaOmer Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, whose commandments add holiness to our lives and gives us the command to count the Omer. Today is 38 days, which is five weeks and three days of the counting of the Omer. You know, I've heard a couple awesome. different versions of the English part of this one. I heard one that says, who sanctifies us by his commandments. I kind of like that too, right? It does set us apart. Adds holiness to our lives, right? That's right. Same thing. So, Father, we love you and we thank you. We just praise you for your word, God. We're, we're excited to be in the book of Numbers and to learn from all the mistakes that our forefathers made. And, and we just ask you, Father, that you would give us the way to, to learn the lessons from other people's mistakes so that we would not have to make the same mistakes ourselves, Father. We love you for wisdom and, and knowledge and understanding that you give us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. amen. Boom. Bless you guys. Have a good week.